0: David, <laughs> Dr. David Burns. When, when people feel kind of worthless and inadequate and like I haven't achieved anything in my life and my, my, my life doesn't have any real meaning or real value, I'm, you know, maybe some people think I'm, I'm unlovable, some people think. I'm hopeless, I'm, I, I'm a loser. But those are generally uh, symptoms, symptoms of depression. When people overcome depression uh, and, and feel joy, uh, they're, they're generally no longer looking f- for meaning. Uh, I, I don't deal with meaning on an abstract level at, at all. If someone tells me I'm having trouble, what's the meaning of life? I say, what time of day were you struggling with it? And then whatever is happening at that specific time, once we work that through, and get them to a sense of joy, it, 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 all, it all disappears. You see, I, I adopted a, a cat, a violent cat, who came to our back door. Uh, I used to chase him out of the yard because he'd come in and, and kind of frighten our cats. He, he, was, he lived in the woods behind our house. He'd never interacted with humans. And he was a predator, a violent paranoid predator. And one day he came to our, our back door or kitchen door which is a glass door and I, I couldn't believe that he would come because he was so afraid of me and he looked thin and emaciated and he held his palm up and I could see it was as big as his head and that apparently he had some kind of terrible wound and and couldn't hunt and was on the verge of death and so we captured him and took him to the vet for surgery and then he, he kind of wanted us to adopt him, and, and uh, although initially if we, got, we couldn't get within 10 feet of him, and he would uh, hiss and snarl, and if you tried to get close, he would try to bite you. But he became my best friend in the world, and eventually he would sleep on my chest at night and drool and purr, and we, we really fell in love with each other. It was just, it was pure love. And when I was w- w- with him, see, he wasn't special. He was just what we used to call an alley cat. And and I I'm not very special I, but what Obi taught me is when when you no longer have to be special, life becomes special. Just just to be with him, was the greatest experiences of my life. Just to to walk around, and he was so proud to. He wanted to go outside and follow me, and he wanted everyone to see that that he and I were, were pals. And just to, to walk you know, 100 yards to the end of the street and he would get up on this kind of pile of bricks type, type of thing and then I'd pet him and he would just be, be so, so proud. But what this has to do with is that a lot of people, you see, we make ourselves miserable thinking that um, I, I'm not special enough. I'm not. I haven't accomplished enough. I, 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 how could I be happy? My marriage ended in divorce. I must be unlovable, and we beat up on ourselves with these messages, tr- tr- trying to become special, tr- trying to become, you know, more more worthwhile human beings, or or whatever. There's what we call self defeating beliefs that can set you up for depression and anxiety. And those self-defeating beliefs are like the achievement addiction or perfectionism or perceived perfectionism, my worth as a human being depends on my achievements, or the love addiction, uh, to be a worthwhile human being, being, I must be loved. And and certainly, uh, these are based on values in, in, in our culture. Uh, like the uh, Calvinist work, work ethic says, you are what you do, and, and so... If you do great things, you're a great human being, and and if you kind of don't do much, you're you're a worthless human being. And that has led to the uh, development of Western uh, civilization. Uh, But these beliefs are like uh, two-edged swords. Because they have a positive, beneficial side as well as a destructive, uh, negative side. So, if I'm working with a patient and uh, we discover that they have this achievement addiction, uh, you know, you know, like a, a man said, "I'm I'm worthless because I'm 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 only making thirty-five thousand dollars a year." This was decades ago, uh, when, but it, you know, it was okay, but it wasn't great. And I said, uh, "How much?" would you have to earn to be worthwhile? And he said, $75,000 a year. And since I'm not making that, I think I'm going to commit suicide. And and these are incredibly d- d- destructive beliefs. But on the other hand, you can do a cost-benefit analysis and say, what are some advantages to telling yourself my worthwhileness depends on my achievements and I should always try to be perfect because I used to have that belief system myself and it can stimulate incredibly hard work and uh, motivate you to achieve a lot and, and project to others that you have high standards and people will admire you because of your hard work and, and achievements and you'll, you, know, you, you, you may earn more money and, 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 and people will see you kind of as, as a winner and, and on and on and on. And then what, what are the disadvantages? Well, the disadvantages are when I fail, I'm gonna crash emotionally. And I won't be able to tolerate criticism or failure because that'll be a threat to my self-esteem and, and sense of, of who I am. And I may be less productive because I'll be perfectionistic and obsessing and constantly criticizing myself. And I'll never feel real joy because every day I'm on a treadmill to, pro- to prove that I'm, I'm worthwhile. And on and on, and then I have people like balance that out. What what's greater, those benefits of this belief system, which are real, or or, or the disadvantages? On a hundred point scale, is it fifty fifty, sixty forty, forty sixty? The first seven years of my practice, I would have laughed you out of the uh, out of the city. Don't try to take away my perfectionism. I'm am, am going to become perf- perfect. I'm going to help every patient, no matter what. You, you know, it was like a stubborn. Addiction, and but it caused pain for me as well as benefit because it motivated me. I've created over a hundred powerful psychotherapy techniques, and when I couldn't help a patient, I'd create more techniques and and more techniques. But it was also very painful for me because when I wasn't helpy, when I help, was able to help a tough patient, I felt fantastic. But when I was stuck with a patient, it hurt terribly. And, and one day. I decided to to let go of that perfectionism and and achievement addiction. A patient said, "Doctor Burns, you're not helping me." I said, "You know, you're right," and I feel so sad because I've been failing you, and the techniques I've been throwing at you have not only not helped you; they just they're irritating you, and you're probably so mad at me, and so disappointed, and so hopeless. Uh, let, let's talk about that. I feel the same way you, you do, and yet I, I like you so much and think if we work together, we could we could move some mountains. And all of a sudden, the heavens opened up, the patients would sob and cry, and we'd, we'd connect, and then they would recover. And I, then I began to see, wow, you, you, you know, uh, this idea of trying to be so special. It, it it's kind of a a blind blind alley, and i found in my teaching too that when I'm trying to impress people, they get pissed off at me, and and when I'm showing my vulnerabilities and my failures, you you have to have something good to teach, that uh, uh, otherwise why should they come be coming to you to learn? But but to to share. You know my moments of self-doubt and and despair that suddenly they they appreciate me way way more. and it's been a personal trans transformation for for me uh, uh, that, that that and I found that as I've given up this need to be special or this need to achieve, my achievements r- really have have kind of skyrocketed. So when you don't worry about failure, life becomes so so much fun, but we put these structures on things. Is it good enough? Am I a success? Am I a failure? And it's that dialogue, I'm not good enough, that creates tremendous emotional pain that robs us of creativity and productivity and intimacy and and love and, and joy as well. You know that whole thing of perceived perfectionism—the idea we've got to impress people for them to uh, love us and care about us—and if they see us as flawed or, uh, you know, broken in, in some way, that then then they'll turn against us. And again, that's that was a kind of a a, a spiritual lesson for for me. And again, that's that whole thing that society teaches us—you've got to be so flashy—and and of course, people who are flashy do get a lot of attention but that's not where real love and connection comes from. Making Meaning is a limited series from Ministry of Ideas. It is produced by me, Zachary Davis, and Jack Pombriant. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support us by sharing the show with your friends, subscribing, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. For more information, visit our website at ministryofideas.org. You can connect with us on Twitter where we're at Ministry of Ideas. You can also email us at Zachary at ministryofideas.org. We would love to hear from you. Ministry of Ideas is a proud member of Hub & Spoke, a Boston-centric collective of smart, idea-driven podcasts. You can check out all of our shows at hubspokeaudio.org.